So part of the persecution isn't just to yes. say, you have to bring this sacrifice to the Roman emperor, deny Jesus. Jesus. Right. There's another aspect of the persecution, according to Shem's Hebrew Matthew, is where they lie about Yeshua when they speak to you. Mm. They tell you things that he taught and that he said they didn't say. Mm. Wow. If that's, not a pearl, <laughs> if that's not a pearl, I don't know what is. You are listening to Hebrew Gospel Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. Exploring Hebrew New Testament manuscripts for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome to Hebrew Gospel Pearls, episode 21 of the Biblical Beatitudes Buffet. <laughs> we are having a blast, you all, and you are with us. We're about to do something. It, it, actually, Nehemia, I, I want to say, Nehemia, we're actually at a place where we're in the verse. We, we looked at verse 10 and 11 as possibility. We looked at the possibility of 10 alone. We looked at the possibility of 11 and 12. We looked at 12 alone. And you said this morning, there's no way we can address it without two episodes. So this episode within itself, I'm calling it the buffet bonus. It's a bonus episode <laughs> because bonus. we're really going to be talking about 11 and 12. And let mm -hmm. me tell you right now, we're, we're, hey, can I just say what's happening here? Yeah. You guys, we're in this like awesome studio and there's like four cameras and three people and somebody in a control room, and 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 in all of it, I'm so excited. I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> Can we tell them what we usually do? <laughs> Can you so, tell them what we usually do? Uh, so we, we actually have a checklist. We're like pilots. <laughs> we literally have a checklist of all these things. Because we, we're, we're doing it ourselves normally. Yeah. Uh, I'm in... Uh, uh, and basically a bedroom that I've turned into a studio and in I'm Dallas. And I'm in a little office that I've turned you're into in a, a studio. You're, yeah, you're in a little office turned studio in, in Charlotte. And I've got an iPhone up there. And I've got my um, Logitech webcam. <laughs> and you've got your iPhone yeah. and your built-in camera of, of, your, of your laptop. Right. And we have to make sure all the different devices are recording. Yeah. We have a standalone audio, which sometimes we forget to hit play, or record rather. And that's, and that's why people sometimes will be yeah. like, why is this such worse quality? Because we didn't do the checklist right, or we hit record and something happened because we didn't have somebody monitoring it. We're actually here in this amazing studio, the production group oh. in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh. It's the same studio where Michael Rood records oh. Shabbat Night Live. Oh. We're so blessed that they have invited <laughs> us to come in here yeah. and allowed us to come in here and and share this information. Yeah, and and it's, I mean, it's, it's a whole different level of professionalism. We're really appreciative of But I want to say guys. what it allows us to do. And I'll tell you what it allows me to do. Um, I'm getting a little older. And, uh, and I've, I've made this confession of him. He had dinner the other day. He and Linnell, we were sitting down and I said, hey, there's times we're going through the checklist. By the time it's time to talk about what we're supposed to talk about, I'm already fried, okay? And instead, now I got these guys saying, hey, you're, you need a little buffer here. You need this. Where's your sound? Do you got this? And they're taking care of everything. Well, so we and, can, and it really allows us to concentrate oh, on the man. information rather oh. than... Did, did it, I, is it recording? Was it recording? Or, or, or did the battery die? Wait, I, got out of, I got out of the frame. <laughs> you know, I got, Terry's saying, you know, Keith, you're, 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 you're not in the spot where your belly button's yeah. supposed to be. <laughs> I'm enjoying this, folks. The reason we're enjoying this is because you're supporting us. Yeah. And we are now in episode 21. Nehemiah, episode mm. 21, that means that we, from the beginning of Hebrew Gospel Pearls, are now at the place where we will have done 21 times 2 is? 42. 42 episodes, 21 of them are public, which means you can see them on YouTube. You can see them on Facebook. You can see them at NehemiahsWall.com. You can see them at BFAInternational.com. You can go to your favorite podcast. Last time I checked, Nehemiah, 
we have like 16 different podcast platforms. <laughs> you can just click like this. So don't give me any excuses about you don't know about Hebrew gospel <laughs> pearls. Now what we're going to do is we're going to go to the last episode of what I've been calling the Biblical Beatitude series, but now it's the buffet. Mm-hmm. I've asked Nehemiah to do something, and he, just before we turned on the cameras, mm-hmm. did his thing. Yeah. What's his thing? The manuscripts. So, but let's get started. Just well, with the some verse. of it I, I, we probably won't get to until the plus episode, but let's start with verse 11. Ashrechem ka'ashir yidufu v'gadfu etchem. Uh, happy you are, or may you be blessed at when they uh, pursue and insult you, or it could be blaspheme you, mm-hmm. uh, but really it's insult you. Mm-hmm. And they will say, blank you, and I'm going to say the blank in a minute what that is, all evil because of me or concerning me, and they lie. Now, what's the blank there? Let's go. Are to, we going to go right to the blank? We're going to write to the blank. If, if <laughs> okay, you give me permission. What do you want me to do? Let's go to Dalich. Okay, excellent. Dalich has. Those and, who don't know, haven't seen us just yet, we've got a number of sources we've been using. Yeah. We've been using the sources. Nehemiah, can we real quickly tell them what the sources are? I know some of you are like, Keith, don't keep repeating this. Guess what I've learned over time? Do you know how many people this is their first time watching Hebrew gospel pearls? And Nehemiah, we've got yeah. thousands of people around mm. the world that I think are it's watching. It's more like tens of thousands. Tens yeah. of thousands. I'm trying to be uh, low. Trying to be enough, humble. Trying, okay. All right. So, so we use uh, Dalich was a uh, expert of biblical Hebrew mm-hmm. of Old Testament Hebrew, who uh, translated the New Testament in the style of the Old Testament mm-hmm. in the 19th century, and he intentionally uh, took the Greek words and looked for what he thought the Hebrew equivalent would be in the style of the Tanakh of the Old Testament. Second one is the Bible, the Talmud, the New Testament by Elijah Tzvi Soloveitchik. Uh, is a commentary on the gospel. It's a cousin of mine who in the 19th century wrote the first known Jewish commentary on the New Testament that was actually a commentary, not just an argument. Okay, this is an important one. What about this George one? Howard's Hebrew Gospel of Matthew. He took nine of the manuscripts. He put the British Library in the main text, translated it, and then in the notes he put differences in other manuscripts. I've now looked at 28 manuscripts. This section has 20 manuscripts. Excellent. Now let me say something before we get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually did something based on Howard's translation, and it limited us severely. Nehemiah came along in January of 2019, I think it was. So a few years ago, whatever uh, it Whenever was. it was. And he said, hey, listen, uh, let's go ahead and get this uh, vowel-pointed text. I want you to tell him about the vowel-pointed text. If you open up Howard, mm-hmm. here's Howard's page. One side is going to be an unpointed text of Hebrew, and then he's going to have English. And oftentimes... Say oftentimes. Oftentimes. I'll be looking over here and seeing the Hebrew, and then I look at the translation, and I get sick to my stomach. He's a lot nicer about it. I get kind of mad because I think Howard knows what he could do, and he yeah. still does this thing where he Howards it in English. So for people— <laughs> He's accused me of Howarding. No, there are times when he tries to— He says, to sometimes ha- you're pulling a Howard. <laughs> he tries to pull a Howard, and I stop him. Why can I stop him? Because he taught me how to read Hebrew. That's a problem. <laughs> so so, so the, when the text was copied in the yeah. Middle Ages by Shem Tov Ibn Shaprut, who was mm-hmm. a rabbi in 1380, mm-hmm. and other rabbis who then copied his um, work— they just had the consonants, just mm-hmm. the letters. Mm-hmm. And I thought a lot of the people who are studying this text maybe don't know Hebrew at the level where they can read it without vowels. Mm-hmm. So I thought what a blessing it would be to people if we put the vowels in. Mm-hmm. In addition, when you put the vowels in, you're also to some extent interpreting it. Mm-hmm. You're explaining to people, okay, this is the word, this is how you can understand the word. And then my, my of course, long-term vision is that in the notes there'll be alternative vowel readings. That's right. Uh, and we've shared some of those, yes. or, or we will soon. Um, in upcoming episodes. Uh, so I think it, it brings it to a different level. 
if you look at um, many traditional Jewish texts, mm-hmm. whether it, it, and I'm talking about outside the Tanakh, mm-hmm. whether it's the Mishnah or the Kuzari or uh, the Shulchan Aruch, those were books that were originally written without vowel points. Yes. And people have put vowel points in them to make them more understandable, even to the average Jew who maybe reads Hebrew, but maybe has trouble with Hebrew from a thousand years ago. Right. And so it makes it easier to read and easier to understand. That was the objective of putting vowels in so it. So here's the other uh, source we have is the Jewish Annotated New Testament. Mm-hmm. We also have been using that. I don't have that book here. We got it on our computers. Uh, was there any other source? A bunch of other sources. A bunch of other sources. But let me just, let me say this. Uh, folks, we're going to do this for you. Um, and I want to I look here and tell you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have been sending me notes saying, why haven't you been continuing the translation through the Biblical Beatitudes series? Because it is evolving. It has evolved as we've mm-hmm. gone through this information. So at the end of this episode, you will have access to the translation with vowel points and English, et cetera, at the BFA side. Now, what we haven't done yet is what Nehemiah just talked about. He's been talking about this for years. Ultimately, long-term, we're going to have what we call a scientific version, eventually, at some point. Well, the term is a critical edition. Yeah, critical edition. So the ultimate objective is to take all 28 manuscripts and present a text that you don't have to ever see a manuscript in your life. You could take the Mm -hmm. text we prepare and know what's in all 28 manuscripts. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, if we do it right, have some idea of what existed in 1380 in the time of Shem Tov, mm-hmm. right? In now, other words, there, there, you create what's called a family tree, a, a stemma, and you can get back to mm-hmm. not the original, but what was in at least 1380. So that would, I call that step three. Step one, we're looking at Howard. Step yeah. two, we've got the point of text. Step three, we ought to get that critical addition. Uh, 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 so we're at step two right now. You have availability to get that at bfainternational.com. Become a free member. You get access to the translation. Can we go to... 11 and 12. Well, right so now. let's talk about 11. Yes. There was a word I didn't translate in the last episode, and I haven't translated it yet. Yes. And it's one of the simplest words in the Hebrew language. It's a preposition. <laughs> Prepositions are words like to, from, with, at. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, uh, I have a joke about prepositions. Really? Can, I, can I tell my joke? Yes. So in English, there's this principle, you never end a sentence in a preposition. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not really true. You do. Right? In spoken English, you do. And if you don't, you kind of sound like an idiot. <laughs> but it's a principle that actually comes from Latin. And so the old joke is this person goes to Harvard and he says, where's the library at? And the Harvard student who's very learned and knowledgeable says, one does not end a sentence in a preposition. And he says, okay, where's the library at, jerk? (laughs) (laughs) It's an old classic joke. (laughs) And the original is not jerk, but whatever. Um, So so preposition. So we have a preposition here and the preposition in in Greek, as translated by Dalich, is alechem, and they will speak concerning you, yes. on you, about you, yes. falsehood, all kinds of falsehood, ba'avuri, because of me. Mm. Now, let's look, this is Matthew 5.11, let's look at the Greek here, in the Greek, it is, and they will speak all manner of evil against you, mm-hmm. kathumon, or which comes from kata. Mm-hmm. So it's against you is they're going to um, speak all manner of evil. And so Dalich faithfully translates the meaning of the Greek. The Hebrew of Shem Tov is something profoundly different, yet it's a difference that if I read it to you, you couldn't hear the difference. Yes. Let, me read, let me read it to you. The Hebrew Matthew of Shem Tov has Alechem, and Dalich, based on the Greek, has Alechem. Mm-hmm. 
I just said the same word twice. Yes. But here's what people don't know because they can't see my computer. And in, in ancient Hebrew, there were two letters that had completely different sounds. Mm-hmm. There was the letter Aleph and the letter Ayin. Mm-hmm. And the letter Ayin, most modern Jews don't pronounce the Ayin. I usually don't either because in modern Hebrew you don't. But in ancient Hebrew, it was pronounced differently than the Aleph. There's this great passage in the Talmud, and it talks in the Talmud about how you don't allow someone from, from the city of Bet Sha'an to lead the prayer service mm-hmm. because they pronounce their Aleph as an Ayin and their Ayin as an Aleph. Mm. In other words, 2,000 years ago, you had Jews who pronounced the Ayin the same way I do, uh, the same as an Aleph, mm-hmm. right? So you can't hear the difference between Alechem and Alechem. Mm. They sound identical. Um, and... Uh, but if you pronounce the ayin, it's alechem and alechem, right? It's difficult for Western pr- uh, speakers to pronounce it. Uh, and, and the point is, even 2,000 years ago, there were Jews who pronounced them identically. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a reference to that, in, of course, in, in the Gospels, where they mm-hmm. say to Peter, we know you're with that guy because you're a Galilean. Yeah, exactly. We know from your speech. They heard that he pronounced Hebrew a certain way. We also have an example in the Tanakh. It, well, speaking but, two but different two, two different ways. She bullet and she bullet in Judges twelve. Yeah. But here we're talking specifically about what are called guttural letters. Aha. The guttural letters are Aleph, and people say, "Well, Aleph doesn't have a sound; it's just a vowel." That's not true. Mm-hmm. Aleph is a is a consonant called a glottal stop. If you put your hand up to your neck, hope this doesn't mess with the microphone, and you say "uh oh," uh oh, so that uh, that feeling in your hand from your neck from your throat, uh oh, that's called a glottal stop. And that is the consonantal sound made by an aleph. Uh-huh. It's uh, That's aleph. Okay. Aleph, hey, is another guttural letter. Mm-hmm. Chet is a guttural letter. And ayin is a guttural letter. Mm-hmm. And what happened is in Second Temple times, you had Jews in the Galilee, and like Betchan's in the Galilee, or it's just south of the Galilee. You had Jews in northern Israel who, who confused and mixed aleph, hey, chet, and ayin. Mm-hmm. And there's a great story in the Talmud about a man who walks through the marketplace. He's the Galilean. And he says, I want to buy Amar, Amar, Amar. And they have no idea what he's talking about. Does he mean Chamar? Does he mean Amar? Does he mean Semel? Right? There's five different things it could be because his <laughs> pronunciation as a Galilean mixes all these different sounds, most yeah. of them gutturals. So back to what we have here in Shem Tov's Hebrew Matthew. All 20 surviving manuscripts on this section of Shem Tov's Hebrew Matthew have Alechem to you, instead of what the Greek and Dalich has, which is Alechem with an ayin, and that means against you, concerning you, mm-hmm. about you. So that's very different, mm-hmm. right? They're not speaking about you lies. They're speaking lies to you. Stop the presses, everyone. Stop the presses, everyone. And who are they lying about? Yeshua. They're speaking lies to you about Yeshua. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so part of the persecution isn't just to yes. say, you have to bring this sacrifice to the Roman emperor, deny <laughs> Jesus. Right. There's another aspect of the persecution, according to Shem, so Hebrew Matthew, is where they lie about Yeshua when they speak to you. Mm. They tell you things that he taught and that he said they didn't say. Mm. Wow. If that's not a pearl, <laughs> if that's not a pearl, I don't know what is. <laughs> hey, can and we, all 20 manuscripts have the same exact thing, the Alechem with an Aleph. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. 
So Nehemi, how long have you, when, when you first saw that, what was your, what was your thought? I mean, what did you, what was well, the process? Well, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I better check. The, so my first thought was that's a scribal error and I wanted to Howard it. You sure did. I said, obviously he means Aleichem, Aleichem with an Ayin. Yes. He doesn't mean Aleichem with an Aleph because mm-hmm. they're speaking to you lies about, what, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Right? They're speaking to you lies. This is, this is kind and, of and, and, okay, but that's what it says in all 20, I looked in all 20 manuscripts. I looked in 28 and the other eight didn't have it. But I looked in all the manuscripts and they all have Aleichem, not Aleichem. They all have to you mm. rather than about you. Permission to go into a little bit of controversy. Okay. <laughs> so I've had a lot of people oh, writing no. to me again, say again. Again. Over the fact that we've been using this, this uh, Shem Tov's Hebrew Matthew. I just got an email mm. two days ago uh, where someone is taking a, raking me on one side to the other side, talking about the fact that you should not be uh, looking at this Hebrew manuscript because it is anti-Yeshua. You actually heard that before? You know where I first heard that? Is when you and, and <laughs> you were, you were you were sitting in my house and yes. you got a letter from a Christian television station rebuking you for bringing the Aleppo Codex. They said the anti-Yeshua Aleppo Codex and the anti-Yeshua Leningrad Codex. Stop it. On onto Christian television, and I turned to you and I said, hey, "The Aleppo Codex, and Leningrad Codex, which are the most accurate copies of the Bible in Hebrew, are anti-Yeshua." Then believers in Yeshua have got a problem. Because the Hebrew Bible is anti-Yeshua. Mm. So either these people don't know what they're talking about or they reject the Tanakh in Hebrew. Mm. And look, there have been Christians in history who rejected the Tanakh in Hebrew. You have Marcion, famously, who established Marcionism. And Marcion was in the second century in what today is uh, Asia Minor in Turkey. Mm. And today is Turkey in Asia Minor. And Marcion said the God of the Old Testament was an evil God. Mm-hmm. He on, was man. a God of flesh. Yes the God of this world, the God of the earth. And it's only the God of the New Testament, the God of spirit, Jesus, mm. who is the true God. And you want to get away from this filthy, disgusting earth and get to his spirit world, the spirit mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. of Jesus. That that So so it's been done before mm-hmm. where Christians have said the Tanakh is anti-Yeshua, mm-hmm. right? These guys at Christian television weren't the first to say it. Mm-hmm. So it's possible they were Marcionites or they were just ignoramuses. Mm-hmm. I think it was the latter. <laughs> but here's what's interesting about the issue with Shem Tov. So here you are, we're talking about one little letter, Nehemiah. Listen, folks, uh, you know who says this best? What? Michael Rood. Michael says this, and I love when he says, Nehemiah, you're one of the most honest scholars I know. And people have taken that phrase and pursued you uh-huh. because of it. I want to give you an example where you didn't have to bring that information. You didn't have to bring that Hebrew pearl. You mm-hmm. didn't have to go to those manuscripts. And what, is, what has happened over this last, I don't know how long it's been that we've been doing this. I mean, it, it feels like forever. Um, what you did that changed the game for study was you brought all of those manuscripts together and you compared and contrasted down to the very littlest, smallest little letter. And here, by doing that, we have something that radically changes that verse. Yeah. I want to say thank you. Well, now, now let's take Howard for example. Yeah. He doesn't translate to you; he no, translates against you. Against he, he, well, you. He's, yeah, right. He's taking the Greek word "kath" or "kata," and <laughs> so. And I wouldn't say that's dishonest on his no, part. No. He's saying, "Okay, I got to put something in the translation." To you doesn't make sense to me, and what, so what does he make sense to him? It didn't make sense to him. He obviously, obviously, it didn't make sense to him, or he would have translated what it said. So instead, he translated in his mind. He said, "Obviously, they mean Ion. Mm. They don't mean Aleph." Mm. I, he so in his mind, maybe even subconsciously, he changed it. I don't know, right? But I wouldn't say it's dishonest. 
on his part, he's doing the best he can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, philology, which is the study of ancient texts using linguistics and paleography and history and archaeology, is an inexact science. You do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And if I've said things wrong, it wasn't because I'm trying to deceive people. It's because I don't always get it right, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I find out there's a mistake, I try to correct it. <sighs> right? We're doing the best we can. And, uh, you know, so Howard did a great job for what he was able to do mm-hmm. back in that period of time. And we can do better today. That's the beauty of it. But I'll tell you, the, the, the desire, the urge to Howard, this verse was over, almost overwhelming to the point where I'm like, I have to translate, they speak lies about you. We know that's what it means. What would it possibly even mean to you? And what does it mean to you about you? What lies have people spoken about Yeshua to the people who believe in Yeshua, not to those who don't, mm. but to the followers of Yeshua who are persecuted. And actually, I, this is this is a this is a group conversation uh, for you that are listening. This is a group conversation. Um, I, I, before we do that, can I just share just one thing that happened with this verse? Sure. Before we got to the issue of to you, because I I, I, I want to okay. just tell you something that happened when yeah. I read the verse when it said, "Blessed are you when they persecute and revile you and say against you all kinds of evil." And this word "for my sake" kind of gets lost. I don't know if you see that or not. Like "for my sake," what do you mean? For my sake. That's what he that's what he has in English. Mm-hmm. I thought about the many people that'll use the same verse. This is a bad example. Surely someone's gonna be offended when yeah. I say this. They'll they'll go and they'll steal something. And after they stole it, the people will come and catch them on the job. They stole it on the job. The people caught them stealing it, and they said, Hey, listen, you're fired. And they'll come to this verse and they'll say, I've been persecuted. I've been fired because of my faith. And uh-huh. it really had nothing to do with their faith. It had to do with their actions. And that actually happens. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then okay. you have other people that are listening right now that literally mm. do get persecuted because of righteousness as they're living their life. Mm. A- a Torah observant. There's some of you that have been pursued out of your church. I don't know if you know that. There's people that are I've listening that have happened. You know those stories. I know where people. people have been actually literally pursued out of their church, pursued out of their fellowship. Why? Because they're not towing the party line. Mm. Would that be the kind of persecution that we're talking about? So what you're saying is kind of radical, meaning there's two ways you can take this verse mm-hmm. as it's written in Shame to his Hebrew Matthew. The first way is people who don't believe in Jesus will tell lies to the believers in Jesus right. because of him, maybe to destroy their faith. That's exactly. possibility number one. Exactly. Possibility number two is the people who claim to believe in Jesus will tell lies to other people who believe in Jesus because of him, because they don't like what the other people say who believe in Yeshua, who what they they don't like what Yeshua actually said. <laughs> and so they sell too, lies is, is about what deep? he actually said. Is this too deep? This is profound, Keith. Wow. Can we can can we talk about this just a little bit? Please. I mean I'm just asking wow. you. I mean I I'm I'm here's here's what I'm here's what I'm imagining. I'm imagining mm-hmm. again, and this is what I love about uh, this teaching, uh, the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes were good then, 2,000 years ago. Yeah. The Beatitudes were good during the persecutions of uh, any number of the uh, mm-hmm. people, uh, the, the pursuit of the apostles and others. The Beatitudes are good now. And mm-hmm. constantly the question that I would always ask is, what did it mean then? What does it mean now? Now, I had mm-hmm. a book here <laughs> earlier, and I took it off the table. Gavolt! I took the book. I got rid of it <laughs> uh, because I think his only focus was. 
<laughs> I think his only focus was, what did the words of Yeshua mean? What do they mean now theologically? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Rather than asking the question, what did the what did it mean then, and how do we bring that to today and apply it into our life? And there's misapplication sometimes of this verse, mm-hmm. uh, where people will say, "I'm looking for," you know, I, I've had many people where this happens, where they really just did some really dirty, bad stuff, and then they're saying, oh, "I'm being persecuted." Well, I don't think that's what Yeshua was talking about. You see what I'm saying? Versus, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I was going about my business, living according to the word of God. And they pursued me. My son, I'll give you an example. Oh, this is going to be so controversial, Uh-oh. but I'm going to say it. So my son, uh, one of my sons, uh, worked at a job. I, I, can I say this on television? I mean, this is our, this is our thing, right? Go, go for it. So my son comes home and he says, Dad, you know, I was uh, with my boss. And, uh, and my boss uh, got mad at me about something completely that had nothing to do with it. And she said to him out of her mouth, you Jew bastard. My son's not Jewish. My son said, why did she call? Can I say this on TV? You just did. Why did you call my son a Jew bastard? And he says, Dad, I guess the only reason is possibly I keep the Sabbath and, and I had the name yud heh vav on my desk and she somehow interpreted that as that I was Jewish. And out of her mouth, she said it and then she said, oh my gosh, what did I say? And she, she backed it up, backed it up, backed it up. And so uh, we've since said, since that time, that when dad is doing certain things that people say, well, why, why doesn't he want to have the event at his house during the Sabbath? Well, it's because he's a... <laughs> Jew B. <laughs> so, but I'm not Jewish, Nehemiah. The uh-huh. point was it was an interpretation of that. So I would say in that situation, my son yeah. was being pursued not because he did anything wrong. It was a misinterpretation. So this is really interesting what you're saying. <laughs> is, I mean, listen, so, am I way off the farm? No, not it's at all. It's the last episode so you, of Biblical you got, you got to taste a little bit of what it's like to be a Jew and uh, be persecuted for Judaism. And I got a little bit of a taste of what it's like to be a believer in Yeshua, even though I'm not considered a believer in Yeshua. I was doing this interview years ago with a gentleman from uh, Hong Kong. And we were in a park in Jerusalem, and we're sitting at the park bench, and he has his cameras rolling, his GoPro and these different cameras, and there's this man standing across from us. And he gets closer and closer and closer, and finally, he starts yelling at the man from Hong Kong, and he says, pointing at me, this man is worse than Hitler, pointing to me. Hitler wanted to destroy our bodies this man wants to destroy our souls. This is in Israel, Nehemiah. This is in Jerusalem. In your neighborhood. A three-minute walk from my front door in Jerusalem. There's a man screaming at me saying, I'm worse than Hitler. And why am I worse than Hitler? Like, where did this come from? Right? Um, you know, I mean, what do you, I'm a bald, overweight guy. How am I worse? Like, what, have, what have I done? <laughs> what, what, what? To, you know, I don't put my dog on a leash. That's how I'm worse than Hitler. What are we talking about here? And, um, and he explained, he assumed I was a Messianic Jew, because I kept talking about Yeshua, Yeshua this, Yeshua that. So this man oh, assumed, say assumed. Assumed. He assumed I was a Messianic Jew. And he also assumed a second thing, that the entire purpose of Messianic Jews is not to pursue a life as, as Jews right. believing in Yeshua. It's really a bait and switch, a scam, mm. to trick Jews into believing in, mm. to, in Jesus. Now... To be fair, I've met Messianic Jews who have openly told me that's their purpose. But I don't think that's the purpose of most Messianic Jews. Right, right. I think their purpose is they're Jewish, they want, they already believe in Yeshua, and they don't want to give up their Jewish identity. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, there are, you know, Yeshua was a Jew, so why should they stop being Jews? Mm-hmm. And so I got a little taste of what it might be like to be a Messianic Jew. <laughs> right. And, but in, you're not. In, in, and I'm not. But yeah. in that moment, I got a taste of it. And um, so, so and you got a ta- little bit taste of what it's like to be to be Jewish, mm-hmm. and you know it's 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 kind of interesting, right? It's easy to say, uh, you know, oh, don't be so sensitive right. until you experience it. Until you experience then you're like, wow, yeah. And you know what? Religious persecution, religious bigotry. I'm going to call it that because we've got this term racism. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the United States is against racism. How do I know? Because the worst thing you can accuse someone of in the U.S. is being a racist. Right. Right, if you would accuse somebody in um, Nazi Germany of being a racist, they'd be like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they'd be like, absolutely. absolutely. We're the master race. <laughs> and everyone is untermensch. They're subhuman. <laughs> right. You accuse a Jew or accuse anybody in America of being a racist, and they're deeply offended. Mm-hmm. But there still is a big bigotry, and it's not race-based bigotry. Mm-hmm. There still is a bigotry that's completely acceptable. And as we're recording this, maybe this will change. Yeah, maybe. But it's completely acceptable in American society. If you say... Uh, about someone, um, and Jews are, are an exception because of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you say about someone, oh, that, um, and I won't even say one, right? But if you call out his religion mm-hmm. and you uh, say how you despise him, I'll take Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. You have people say, well, that, that woman shouldn't be in the Supreme Court. She's a Catholic. Mm-hmm. She can't be loyal to the United States and the Constitution. She's loyal to the Pope. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine in the 21st mm-hmm. century mm-hmm. That's some, that we're still having that conversation mm-hmm. that you're calling people, you know, you're, you're questioning their loyalty to the country mm-hmm. because of their religion, mm-hmm. and they say this without any shame? Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable to me that religious bigotry is still socially acceptable in the United States in the 21st century. That, mm-hmm. that, that blows my mind. Well, now uh, for the controversy about you asking me the question, what is something someone could say to you about Yeshua that is a lie? And I think mm. that list is legion. Um, okay. it, can, it can start with the smallest thing. They could come to you and say, you know, why, why, are, you reading, why, why, why are you reading that Torah? Yeshua is anti-Torah. Uh-oh. That's a lie. Uh-oh. The li- Am I right? You go down. You can go down the list now. So this is what I think I've, you're right, but the, I'm not. A, but I'm this not is a what Christian, I've appreciated. So. This is what I've appreciated <laughs> about our study together. Um, and I've had some attacks of people, and it's been over a long time. I mean, I mean, I don't. You brought up the whole television thing. I don't know if you want. I don't want to go into that. No, but, we but, won't but go the, that We now. won't go into that. But the point is, the point is, there is there is there is sometimes where people are misinformed, and in their being misinformed, they attempt to misinform others. Mm. Uh, and I would say it the way that Yeshua said it: they attempt to lie. Uh, about what they don't know about. And I think mm. what he's saying in that verse is, listen, rejoice and be glad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, that's the part that Wait, I want. Save that for the plus. What, what? Can, can we read Isaiah 66, 5? And then, and then we'll go in the plus and talk about the rejoice Because we have something so cool no, this on is, this verse 12. Would this that, be the, this is an epic biblical beatitude series. I feel like effect. this is the crescendo. This is a crescendo. Of the entire biblical beatitude series. This thing, and it's something. It's that, very listen, cool. folks. <laughs> Something found. <laughs> and guess what? Just before we turn on the camera, he's going to bring it to us and show it. I mean, that's pretty exciting. I'm excited enough. about okay, that. Okay, let's do let's But let's do look this. at Isaiah 66, 5, because when I, yeah. I hear Yeshua talking about being persecuted for my sake, mm-hmm. I, I think of these words. Hear the word of Yehovah, you who tremble at his word. Your own people who hate you. Right? This isn't foreigners. Your own people who hate you and reject you for my name's sake have said, let Yehovah be glorified so that we may see your joy 
and this is said in sarcasm, mm. right? There's a group of Israel uh, who are loyal to the true God without all the idolatry and the man-made takanot and the rules and regulations. They just want to follow what God commanded in the Torah. And the people, their own people who hate them and reject them say, for my name's sake. My God. Let Yehovah, be, let Yehovah be glorified so that we may see your joy. They're mocking them, but it is they who shall be put to shame. My gosh. Wow. And, I, and on that note, we have to transition to verse so 12 I'm supposed to, where he says, yeah. rejoice and be happy. So I'm supposed to now do this. Here's what I'm supposed to do in the studio. I'm supposed to tell you now, all of you folks that would like to join us in the Plus episode, go to bfainternational.com and on the front page, you can become a member and, and begin to support us. And someone is like, I can't believe that guy. He's there asking us for money, a total of $9.99 a month. Nehemiah says, and the other thing, please join us as a support team member so that you can get the plus. And Nehemiah, I got to tell you something. Yeah. I have counted since I've been in this studio, eight people yeah. that we've come in contact to do this episode. Eight people. And from what I can tell, they all have lives. They all have places they live. None of them are homeless that I know. At least none of them look like they're homeless. Any homeless? Do you live on a bench? No, do you go up on a bench? He says no. This guy behind (laughs) it. In other words, these are all people who have lives. They have families. And we've come into this studio uh, to do this work, to send the best information on the Beatitudes in the world. Let me tell tell my wife this all the time. What we're doing right now isn't being done anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. That sounds accurate to me. Is there anyone, Jew and Gentile, coming together, looking at the manuscripts, some of them that have not been seen, to bring the information, language, excuse me, some excitement. Go for it. Language, history, and context of the words of Yeshua. Some people say it's all about Yeshua, except for what he said. <laughs> wow, that's profound. It's all said. about you. It's all about Yeshua, but I don't want to know what he really, what he really meant. Hey, guess what we are doing? Yeah. We're giving people the information. We're using. Shem Tov's Hebrew Gospel, Matthew, as a source, we're comparing and contrasting. How many times did I hear you say, I'm looking at the Greek? It's the Greek, it's the Hebrew, it's the English. We're bringing language, history, and context together to give you this information to you people. And people are arguing. I feel like being Michael right now. You know what I love about Michael? I don't care what you say about this. <laughs> I love when Michael does that. Because you know what, in this situation, I don't care if you don't want to go to the plus. Go do something else. Yeah. But those people that want to get this information, you know, am I right or wrong? <laughs> I love so Michael Ford. Oh, I love it when he does that. Right. You know, I, yeah. I, I love it when he does that because there's passion. Mm-hmm. And there's passion about this. We've come into yeah. this studio. Thank you to the, uh, the production group uh, for what you've done. Thank you to Michael. Thank you to all you folks. But now we're going to move to the plus section where we're going to get to a something that gives information that's just mm-hmm. not available Become a premium member. It's $9.99 a month. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Uh, and you get to have access to everything. Can we go now to the plus to talk about it. the rest of this? Before Let's, we do that, we Nehemiah, a, a big prayer. Can you pray? Yehovah Avinu Shabbat those among my own people who hate that I teach your name, I ask you to have mercy upon them. Some of them scoff at me and laugh at me and persecute me in their own ways. I ask that you have mercy upon them and turn their heart towards your holy and glorious name. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity to share about these things and teach these things. Amen. Amen. And Father, thank you so much for so many that have gone before us. We stand on the shoulders of those who did dig and and those that have studied. I thank you for this opportunity and for our friends that are listening right now. Uh, Father, I pray in, in all of this, they would understand our heart. 
Our heart is to reach as many as possible with a message that is an epic message 2,000 years ago, that is an epic message today for Jew and Gentile and all those <laughs> in between that want to understand what does it mean to be in relationship with you, Father, and what exceptional, exceptional teaching that we're being able to give. I thank you so much for this, and we just pray that it would go forth in your name. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to Hebrew Gospel Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For a more in-depth study, check out Hebrew Gospel Pearls Plus at NehemiahsWall.com and BFAInternational.com. Thank you for your support.